to Kappa Blue. You know, the Cubs had their series winning streak snapped by the Cardinals because, of course, they did. Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating and review because it helps other people find the podcast. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs, Justin Steele, and all the other new guys at Bleed Cubby Blue. And there are lots of new guys this week. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How is it going, Danny? Well, could be better. Could be worse. It was a little bit of a tumultuous week. It was a five-game series with the Cardinals, which is rare enough as it is. Uh, a lot of stomach-churning things happening. We got everything went off the rails in the bleachers. There was <laughs> we had a couple rookies pitch, and they won their games. It wasn't the rookies we thought were going to pitch. It was uh, Javier Assad and Luke Farrell, but instead of Wisniewski and Killian. But they won their games, and it was just like, what a roller coaster of a week, I would say. So I'm kind of feeling that on this, uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but Friday morning is when we're recording this. So, yeah, it's been, now we just, like, limp up to Milwaukee for, for three <laughs> up there. So at least they, it's not a bad travel day for the team, I you know. But uh, I imagine yeah. they feel like they've been run through the ringer as, as well. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot. And it's also been a lot of days of baseball, Cubs baseball in a row without an off day. And look, I am not complaining, but this is kind of where you get into the dog days of summer. And when you're playing 20 games in a row, like guys get a little bit beat up. The bullpen gets a little bit beat up. I mean, it's just it feels like the team could use an off day. Danny, I want to start where you started with some tumult in the bleachers and mainly because I was out of town for this series, uh, as I think we talked about on the last show when I was having some technical difficulty so I, I missed all of that jazz and, and I need you to fill me in I need you to fill the listeners in why is there fighting in the bleachers during the Cardinals series well I'll tell you why and and we know why because uh, my tie guy was there trying to break up that fight and uh, Crawley our friend Crawley was the guy who filmed the entire thing so this is firsthand accounts also because they didn't see exactly what happened or what uh, predicated the uh the fisticuffs but uh my tag guy went around and asked everybody because he wants to know what's going on so he basically he's turned into magnum pi he's my tie pi say, my tie magnum pi <laughs> <laughs> my tie we pi <laughs> we were joking he came on the sunranto show and and this is how i know this he illuminated me with all this stuff so um it was uh by all accounts a cup snake related offense um, there was Dude. a mistake being made and a beer got spilled. Now, late in the game, uh, they don't serve beer after the eighth inning. So they give you a half inning to sober up, you see. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I think it was past that time when, uh, and so a beer got spilled, uh, exception was taken to that. A lot of times, and just so everybody knows, if you spill somebody's beer at like, you know, three quarters full or more in the bleachers and it's definitely your fault that it happened, you owe that person a beer. Like, that's how that works. But you know, Totally. Maybe, like, those maybe, beers are a lot of money. Oh, yeah. They're like 15 bucks a pop if you tip. So, it was, yeah. So, somebody got spilled on, the beer got spilled. I mean, I could you could see in the video of, and first of all, oh my God, this guy went down three rows backwards. Um, he was he had punched the, the other gentleman. I don't know who had the cup snake and who got the beer spilled, but he had punched the other guy in the face and was coming after him. And according also to all accounts, 
that guy who went tumbling back three rows and you saw him like you know, sprout right up and start running back up the bleachers as soon as he took a pretty nasty tumble. Um, according to other people, he was on a little bit more than just the booze, but I know booze can make people strong, but it was like incredible Hulk kind of strength to get up and do that. And he had a crazed look in his eye and uh, which, you know, sometimes testosterone or, or whatever that like fight or flight thing that happens to people and they get all jazzed up. Um, well, that might've been the look in his eye too. Anyhow, uh, people say he was on meth or something. I don't know. Um, that's unfounded, of course. So, uh, anyway, the other guy got punched in the eye, probably needs some medical attention. He's got a split open eyebrow. Um, so that's how it all kicked off. It's and you know, the sad thing is it's just like, there's only one major rule in the bleachers and it's no fighting, no fighting in the bleachers. I wrote a whole song about it. There was the 2019 racist fight that happened. Um, my Thai guy puts the number at about 30% of games have some sort of fisticuffs going on in them out in the bleachers. And I, at first that sounded high to me. Then, then I was kind of like, well, I bet something kicks off somewhere over some dumb crap. So Anyway, it was tumultuous. Crawley got 500,000 views. <laughs> or it's probably up to a million now. I was going to say, mean, I, that was that was before. You've had extra days, I'm sure. Yeah, my fighting video back in 2019, the no fighting in the bleachers, no fighting the bleachers guy. Um, he, uh, well, I mean, that uh, video went, I think, got a few million views. And that's just on my Twitter. A lot of people stole that video and... Uh, Barstool being one of them, they put it on their own YouTube and then claimed a copyright claim on me. So like, I'm what? Like, yeah, like no, it's uh, my video, bro. Yeah, well, no, I had to fight it because that's a strike on you. So anyhow, it's um, it it, it was ridiculous. It was sad. It was the second game of a double header. So I think <laughs> some people had been there all day long. I know I was, and um, you know, I didn't drink it the first game, but. I drank the second game, but some people, you know, they probably were going all day long and I'm sure that added into it. There was an arrest. There was police activity before the game. Um, I overheard somebody say something about a weapon being recovered by the police. I, yeah. So, you know, I showed up, you know, I tell you this game, I hung out in the left field corner uh, where bleacher Jeff usually sits right there in the, in the left field. Well, and right after we sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game, I watched the Cubs bat. And I kind of just kind of instantly had a feeling like, you should get the hell out of here. And I did. And I'd, I'd, I'd seen enough baseball. This game stunk. You know, it what did we lose? 13 to 3? It wasn't 13 to 3 when I left. It got a lot worse. I was going to say, that, that, was the worst, that was the worst game. We haven't even gotten into the games yet. We've just gotten into oh. the fights. I, you know, I want to hey. go back to a couple of things you said here because I think they're interesting. One... So, like, you mentioned that the instiga uh, instigating, the instigating incident, sorry, I'm like, what was I going to say here? The instigating incident for this fight was a cup snake, which, lol, of course it was a cup snake. Like, beer spilling and cup snakes. Like, I, that is just so classic Wrigley Field bleacher behavior, cup snakes out of control that I'm just like, I'm not even surprised by it. But two, if this were like a Dodgers-Giants game or a Yankees-Red Sox game and there was a fight in the bleachers or even a Cubs-White Sox game, you would presume that it was like trash talk with the fans, right? Like somebody said something about the other team, blah, blah, blah. 
Cubs Cardinals, one of the greatest rivalries in sports. This isn't a trash talk fight. This is a beer fight. Like, I'm just like, it's it's such a Midwest rivalry. Like, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they want to play with garbage. I mean, that's the, I want to play with garbage. No, you can't play with garbage. I mean, it's just, it's out of hand. And we did trash. <laughs> there was some trash talking. Like, we were definitely giving it to these Cardinal fans that were sitting by us. And for the most part, it was pretty just fun. You know, like it, people can do that kind of thing and not have it get off the rails. But yeah, I mean, I think you add the alcohol, you add some beer spilling on people and you're like nobody wants to get nasty old beer spilled on their pants. I mean, you can see in the video that that guy's pants are wet um, on the butt. <laughs> so now that can happen in many ways, but I'm just wondering if like somebody spill the beer this all of a sudden this guy's butt's all wet and he turns around and he's had a few too many and then just socks the guy in the face all of a sudden you know things kick off because fights escalate that's just what they do you know and uh so unless somebody has it has the cooler head it's just gonna go off the rail so and um you know it, and it wasn't the sad thing is it, it's you're like you say it it's not a baseball related thing. It's not just a trash talk out of hand. It, yeah, it's, it's about this thing that is kind of distracting to everybody in the right. game, by the way, yeah. this is the kind of game that you should make a cup snake in <laughs> when you're losing to three. To three. <laughs> yeah. It's, it bothers me. Like when you get the c- cup snake going in the one, nothing opening game or something Dude, like the that, cup you snakes, know? there are three, three cup snakes going in every single game. You can see them from the grandstand. It is ridiculous. And um, let's start at the top. With these games, I appreciate you, my tight guy and Crawley holding down the fort so that Cubs fans everywhere know what is really going on on the ground at Wrigley Field. But let's start with let's start with these games. Game one, the Cubs lost a 1-0 kind of heartbreaker, in my opinion. I was listening to this game, listening to Pat Hughes call it, and it was kind of like, oh, man, can, can the Cubs just score at all? And apparently Jordan Montgomery has morphed into uh, Greg Maddox, as it were. Jordan <laughs> <laughs> Maddox at Wrigley Field in this day of our Lord, 2022. Uh, and maybe it's 2002 because the only run came off a of Pujols home run. I mean, it was just like of all the Cardinals things to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only the Pujols home run, but a Pujols home run that is not a home run in any other ballpark <sighs> under any other conditions in all of major league baseball. So it is a total unicorn of a home run. It does not, it should not exist as a thing. It was the game. And can we talk about Jordan Montgomery for a moment? Is this this some Cardinal devil magic that happened? They get him from the Yankees. The Yankees immediately start to stink. Like, immediately. Um, Harrison Bader, who they got for him, is injured. Yeah, because there's nothing for the Yankees. Yeah, and he had to cut his hair, which is also hilarious to me. Uh, So, And he looks ridiculous. So yeah, that hair actually helped him out. It made his head look normal. But um, I will I will say this about Jordan Montgomery. I have not seen a pitching performance since the last Maddox I saw at Wrigley Field from Kyle Hendricks against the very same team, the St. Louis Cardinals in 2019. And that was an amazing game I caught with our friend uh, Luis Medina. Uh, and man, those games are amazing to watch. I love a pitcher's duel two hours, 15 minutes. Like we were out of there. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. We hung out on the corner for another hour because we were like, well, we should still be watching baseball. Let's talk about baseball on the corner. So (laughs) (laughs) it's what we did. 
So, um, yeah, a little bit of a uh, heartbreaking loss in that way. A shout out to Christopher Morell for having the wherewithal to get a hit. Whereas Thank God, man. Clubs, yeah. I mean, that that would that's the only reason that the Cubs didn't get no hit in this game, right? Like Christopher Morell saving the no hit streak, uh, which is being tracked by our friend and BCB moderator, the deputy mayor of Rest Street. So if you're not following that account, give the deputy mayor of Rest Street a follow. Is that the same as the old Cubs no hit streak account? It's, no, it's not. So the old Cubs no hit streak account after the whole after the no hit streak um, retired, right? Reti- like came out and said, I, "I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm not I doing this that, anymore." Yeah. And so the deputy mayor of Rush Street, who has been God posting on BCB at least as long as I have, I mean, longtime poster and every game thread, really cool guy, decided that he would track it. And started a Twitter account for precisely that purpose. And so that that account tweets very rarely. It only really tweets whenever the Cubs get a hit in their game and then says, hey, Christopher Morrell saves the day with a double and the no hit streak is up to whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, that, I mean, because the last no hit streak was really long. I, I was uh, privy to that game, too. It's pitched by Cole down. Hamels at Wrigley Field. Uh, pretty historic moment um, to I mean, it was had been since like Sandy Koufax did it or something like that. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was a, it? it was one of the longest ones in baseball. Um, as of now, it's up to 1061 games for this one, which is pretty good. Uh, you know, it's multiple seasons worth of worth of not getting no hit, which is great. And the last you know, one was like 23,000. It was a, it was a lot. Yeah, it was it was way long. It was like 30 um, years or something. Yeah, Maybe more. So that is the at D-M-O-R-S account on Twitter, if you are so inclined. And it's kind of fun. You know, he doesn't just say, yeah, there's been a hit. It's usually something like, so this one, Pittsburgh area native and all-star Ian Hap slashes a 105-mile-per-hour liner into the gap and rolls all the way to the bricks. He pulls up the second double, and the streak lives. Viva the streak. <laughs> nice, nice, cool. Yeah, I like somebody who's keeping track of that specifically. Um yeah, not a lot of scoring or hitting in those this first couple games. I mean, and uh, I see in the notes here that you put uh, that Smiley's start was wasted, seven innings pitched, and yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit because Drew Smiley really threw a gem in this game, and honestly, we should give him some we should give him some credit and some love. Seven innings, one one run. I mean, if you get a starting like that from any starter, you feel like pretty good most of the time, and the bullpen held held that like the bullpen didn't give up any runs like you really feel like the Cubs lost a golden opportunity to win a game uh, well, with that type series. of pitching line. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they win this, they win the series cause they played tough. I mean, but yeah, you get one hit, you're not going to win a lot of them unless it is a home run in the basket. But um, yeah, Smiley did great. Uh, only four hits. He did walk two, uh, struck out six and then, you know, the one home run, but he's, he's going this weekend, I believe on Saturday against the Brewers and uh, being a left-handed pitcher, I could see it going pretty well for him again. Uh, Can we talk about Drew Smiley in the month of August? Cause I just, pu- in fact, I might write an article about this. This is so good. I just pulled up his fan graphs, game logs to take a quick look. Drew Smiley in the month of August has had four starts. He threw six and two thirds innings of, no run, five hit ball. He threw five innings of no run, four hit ball. He threw five and a third innings of two run, four hit ball. And he threw seven innings of one run, four hit ball. That is an outstanding month from Drew Smiley. And Somebody we, and missed we, out at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you couldn't trade that guy. I mean, come on now. 
And uh, and that's and you probably could have gotten something. I mean, I think it was the injury. It was only like two or three starts back or something like that from the injury. Maybe people just had cold feet about it. But he's got a history. Yankees are going to wish that they would have gotten Drew Smiley while they were trading away Jordan Montgomery, which appeared to be the key to all of it. Yeah. Uh, let's so, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's it, well, I mean, the thing about Drew Smiley is I guess that that weird nebulous mutual option, I kind of seems like he could be back. I mean, I know Stan on Twitter was saying he's like, well, the Cubs are known for being awesome rehab pitch lab people. So nope. maybe this is just one of those wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's see how this goes things. And then he'll come back. So, um, Hopefully yeah, we'll you will see. because it's a it's a ne- it's a nebulous mutual option that I that I guess they both need to exercise. So I don't yeah. know. I I have it, it's it's a weird contract thing that I yeah. can't figure out because well I we'll find out in the care. off season. I mean I I can't figure it out either. I'm I know what the implications are, but the answers all lie with the Cubs front office and Drew Smiley's agent. We'll see what happens yeah. in the off season. But yeah, I would be happy for them to have a reunion there. I think Drew Smiley. When healthy has been really good. Um, I feel the same way about Wade Miley for that matter. But I I think it's probably one or the other. Like the Cubs keep one of those guys around and then try to upgrade somewhere else because we saw what happened with the smiling Miley Stroman Hendricks uh, rotation this season. And frankly, Mm. it it wasn't good enough. Like, yeah, so you got to smiley or Miley. I think one of them probably has to go. And so the question is, which one the Cubs can hang on to? I think it's easier to hang on to smiley because of that mutual option. Um, but we'll see. I mean, obviously those are all Cubs front office type decisions. Uh, let's talk about the first game of the stubble header before all things went chaotic in the bleachers. Uh, this game got, was started by Javier Assad. So I, I don't know if like the rumor mill was just going overtime with the Wisniewski Killian rumors, what was going on. Um, I, I saw those in lots of places, by the way. So it's not just like, uh, Cubs Twitter got it wrong. That was definitely up on RotoWire as well. It was pretty much all over the place. I, it was wrong. Uh, Javier Assad got this game, and he did fine with it. He threw four innings, um, you know, kept things intact. He did not get the he, scoreless baseball. He did not get the win because four innings doesn't qualify you for the win. Michael Rucker got the win because the scorekeeper just kind of has to pick somebody to get the win after that point. But uh, the Cubs did wind up winning this game. They won two to nothing. It's always a good day when you beat Adam Wainwright at Wrigley Field. Danny, what would you see in this one? Yeah, I was at this game. I sat all over the ballpark. It was a beautiful day. Hung out with my friend Dominic, um, who's a fan of this show, too, by the way. So, hi, Dominic. Thanks for listening. And uh, cool hanging out with you. And, yeah, I mean, Javier Assad, I had never heard of him before. So, as soon as I heard he was announced, I looked him up, of course. And it seems like he's one of those guys that just kind of took a big leap forward in the minors and played his way into this game, pitched his way into this game. And, uh I thought it got off to a pretty bad start. He gives up the leadoff double to Newt Bar, and then there was a wild pitch, and you know all this stuff uh, happened in the first. But he got out of it and he kept his composure. Uh, they got out at home uh, when PJ Higgins uh, threw home and got uh, Newt Bar out. It was nice to see another team do that for once. By the way, <laughs> just <getting> thrown <laughs> out at home. It's like, oh, it does happen to other teams. How cool! And um, you know, he he had a there was a bases loaded jam. He got out of. He got. His first career strikeout of, of Albert Pujols uh, looking, and uh, even though it was uh, a ball. Dude, whatever, okay. whatever. He struck out Albert Pujols. That dude's going to the Hall of Fame, and Javier Assad can always say that, which is killer. I, exactly. It's really cool. And, 
you know, it, and he's kind of fun. Like, I mean, he's got those black horn ring rim glasses. So he kind of looks like Charlie Sheen as wild thing. And he kind of, and he's, and he's not in like, like he's, he's not like muscular or anything looking. He just kind of looks like any dude off the street. He's got a little paunch of a belly and, you know, and he just, you know, he makes you feel like you could do it, <laughs> even though you, you know, you can't, but he was dialing it up into the mid nineties. He's, uh, they visited him a lot on the mound and I think it was the pitch mix and what to do to who, like he doesn't know the league. This is the freaking Cardinals. You got to pick pitch to Goldschmidt. I mean, forget Pujols. I mean, maybe in t- 10 years ago, Pujols, but like he's got to do Arnado and Goldschmidt too. Right. So. No, this is a, this Cardinals lineup is rough. I mean, we went through the hot hitters last week and it was nine guys with WRC pluses over 110 and and some guys just in, in absurd territory. Like Paul Goldschmidt has pretty much been on fire the entire year. Yeah. If anybody and- else gets votes for the MVP, like number one votes for the MVP, I will be stunned. Like you are a homer if you do that. Like there's no reason to vote for anyone other than Paul Goldschmidt as the MVP. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous. And he and he just looks that way too right now. Just in the top form. You could just see it on him. You can see the confidence. It's annoying as hell. But it is um, annoying. I'm gonna I, I mean, I feel like my postseason rooting plans are going to be revolve around hoping bad things happen to the Cardinals and hoping bad things happen to the Yankees. And I'm just gonna have to like I'm just gonna have to suck it up and cheer for whoever else it means I have to cheer for to, for that to happen. Hey, maybe they'll test Albert Pujols for drugs right before the playoffs and that'll make Cub fans happy because he's <laughs> definitely testing positive. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> I was I was telling him all about it too at the game. Oh. Um God. What happened to your neck? Um, oh so, my God, Danny! Well, don't, it, don't even start. Well, can I just say that I was listening to uh, the radio, I believe, on Wednesday because I did not go to the game on Wednesday night. I, I had to go to the theater, and uh, I was Zach Sadman. He interviewed like their Zach Sadman, their radio analysis guy or whatever is, and he and um, they were talking about Albert Pujols and how he has found an extra speed since the all-star break and that it must've been that he just felt that, uh, you know, vote of confidence in it it, after being uh, appointed to the all-star game by commissioner Rob Manfred and being able to uh, participate in the home run derby that just made him stronger. And now he can run and hit like, and then he went on a tear. He hit like seven home runs in two weeks or something like that. And, and I'm like, and he's like, yeah, just, he's just confident now. I'm like, uh, no, I do not believe you. There's something fishy going on here. And, um, you know, just something doesn't smell right here. They're like, Albert, we're not going to test you after the all-star break. Don't worry about it. Find that extra speed. Enjoy your, enjoy your ride off into the sunset. Go get it. I mean, I'm not going to start any rumors here. I will. And I, I don't think, I don't think that PEDs work that fast. Like, I don't think they start working like immediately. I think they need a run up or something, but um, I will no, say uppers that uppers work fast, whatever, whatever Pujols has tapped into for this last half season of his career. It is, it is otherworldly. And I'm, I'm not looking forward to seeing uh, where to seeing where pharmaceutically it goes. I, I impressive. it at the start of the season. The combo of like Pujols, Wayno, Molina, final seasons, Triforce nonsense was going to be a special brand of devil magic that we would all hate. 
And here we are. We are exactly in that special, special zone of the Cardinals look like world beaters. And it is it's the worst, Danny. I freaking hate it. Um, Let's talk about this 13 to three game. We already talked about the fighting. We did not talk about the Franimal pitching at the end of this game. By the way, Fran Mill Reyes didn't give up any earned runs. All these other guys giving up three, <laughs> giving up two, giving up five. Fran Mill's like, I got this. Fran Mill's like the new Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> well, he's the new Otani because, I mean, he's a DH who can pitch. Like, he's just, I mean, I don't see why not. The guy's up there hitting 90. Apparently, his spin rate is like it's some certain impressive percentile. And, uh, I mean, Hey, he doesn't, you're not worried about him really hurting himself uh, too much because he doesn't play the field. So I, I say he does go with it. Two-way him out and find another level to the Franimal. I'm I'm here for it. Franmil has been a huge pickup for this Cubs team, and they get him, I think, until 2024. Like, I, Danny, did the Cubs stumble on to something incredible here, possibly, with Franmil as a DH? resurgent in Wrigley and on the team until 2024, man. Like that's a huge pickup. I I'm honestly, I have very, I have no complaints about this one. Well, it talk about something that smells fishy. I mean, here's a guy on a first place team who is having an off year. I get that, but we're only one year removed from him hitting 30 home runs. Okay. He yeah, and that wasn't in runs. the rabbit ball season, right? Like that was in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was in normal ball season. Yeah, and so his OPS has dropped off a full six hundred points, or sorry, two hundred points. He's now got uh, for Cleveland. He only had a six oh three, which, by the way, with the Cubs, he's raised up to six forty five because with us, he's eight nineteen. Small sample size, but he's he's hitting for average right now which is weird for him so i expect some regression there but hopefully with that regression comes more power because uh right now he's batting around 300 so uh i don't think he's even played the field all that much did he i mean even at all i haven't seen him on the field no i don't think i've even, well i he pitched just pitching <laughs> i was gonna say I haven't even i don't think i've even seen him at first base like they're not even no. gonna do that they're just like hey, take that go hit well, ball no- hard that's your yeah, job. <laughs> there's no room in the outfield for him. He did. I'm looking at it here. He's, he played 12 games in right field uh, for Cleveland this year and uh, two games uh, for them and left. And then uh, one for us as pitchers. So, I mean, may, maybe we just found a, a, another level for this guy. I mean, the dude throws 90. I'm just, I'm sorry, but like that's worth, and it was straight and he induced a double play. He also put one in whose back did he put it in? Oh, I'm not sure. Was uh, it pool? Was that was the pool? one? Not have this there were a lot of second. hit by pitches. Yeah, in this one game. second. I think I might be on. I I just moved off that game. It's I was, fine. I was trying to move to the game that we comes one. Everybody. Hold on, hold on. I'll get to. Uh, yeah, Pujols. Pujols was hit by Fran Reyes. <laughs> Perfect. The, he's probably <laughs> waiting to do that for like 20 years. He's like, if I ever get to pitch. <laughs> Let's talk about good things. We don't want to talk about the Cardinals putting up 13 runs. We want to talk about the Cubs putting up seven runs. Uh, The Cubs won the the Wednesday game seven to one. Uh, This was much better, in my opinion. Beat Miles Michaelis up pretty good. Uh, Danny, what did you see in this Cubs victory? Yeah, I mean, you put out. I mean, we always do kind of well against Michaelis. It's a mixed bag, but uh, we've seen him a lot, and I think I. 
I don't know. He's not that good. Uh, I I guess he, that one year that he came out, he really carved everybody up when he, when he came back from Korea or wherever he was playing, I think. Yeah, he was playing in Korea. Yeah, so and but then he he was really good that year, but ever since then I I feel like we've got his number a, a little bit. Um yeah, I mean, this was a fun game. Uh, Zach McKinstry homered of all people. Okay, so. I honestly, when that happened, I was like, I felt, I was like, Zach McKinstry did what? I I am so, look, I get it. He hit one two-run homer, and he made some nice defensive plays the other day. I, I think our friend uh, Brad was calling him the McKinstry of defense, uh, which I thought was a nice little nickname for his defensive show the other day. He is also just not that great of a baseball player, and I am not trying to be, like, maybe he could be something, again, he's better than, like, 95% of what I thought the Cubs would get back for Chris Martin. And, and and it's still just not that impressive. Like an OPS of hovering around 600 and some passable defenses. I don't know. Who was that guy that the Cubs had that was like their third shortstop option back in the 2016 series. It was like when all the shortstops went down, you would see some, like, I don't, Moon and Nori, Cow, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Moon and Nori, Kawasaki. Yeah. Like that's who I think of when I think of Zach McKinstry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and he's had success at the AAA level, so it, it might be just one of those things that just falls off a cliff once he gets to the majors, and people say that that is the case, that the, it, it's the pressure. Now, here's the thing. I don't think he ever really got too much of a chance to play for the Dodgers on a consistent level. With a team like the Cubs, you can just throw him out there and see what you got for the rest of the season. Be like, you're the everyday starting second baseman or third baseman. We're going to move it all around. But the problem, you know, and you pointed out this too, even though he plays more positions and you can put him more places, but it takes away at bats from Morrell, who really came on like gangbusters as a spark plug plug to the team. Uh, The bat fell off a little bit for him uh, after his kind of impressive debut. So I think we have a little bit of like primacy bias with Morrell. Plus, he's just fun to watch and he's like, seems like a really cool guy, you know. So, um yeah, McKinstry, he's just out there. But he hit a home run, and don't look now, but his batting average is 198 on the season. So yeah, could be, could be time for a mckinstry meter mckinstry meter Uh Yeah, let's, uh, let's get this last game in before we take a quick break for our sponsors, uh, the Cubs lost the final game of this series against the Cardinals. It really felt like this was an every other game type of series. So maybe the Cubs will win the next one. Who knows? Uh, they lost this one eight to three. Um, Stroman just didn't really look like he had it. I mean, the Cardinals put a three spot on him in the first inning. Cubs never really caught up there. What'd you see in this, in this final game, five games against the Cardinals, man. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. And especially for the bullpen and the bullpen locked it down in two of these games and gave it up in two more of them. So it's, it's like, you take what you can get. It's like, uh, it was, it went better than it. I mean, we could have been swept, you know, this is a, these are two teams on two different trajectories for this season right now. So uh, we're just playing fall training right now. It's like, let's see what we got for next year, you know? And uh, the Cardinals are are trying to win every single game and put the Brewers in a body bag. So um, yeah, man, uh, this game. Yeah. Well, the numbers against Stroman, that the Cardinals had even coming into the game weren't pretty for our side. Uh, everybody owns him and it's just one of those things. So it's like the, the Cardinals have players that beat up 
Strowman. And this is the second time that they've done this this year. This is also a situation that could have gotten worse. The Cardinals were super aggressive. They could have scored more than three runs in that first inning easily. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they were off to the races. Cubs only managed to score the three runs. Um, Hap had a nice game, went three for four. He had been in a little bit of a slump. His OPS was under 800. He got it back to it uh, in this game. But Paul Goldschmidt, this was the Paul Goldschmidt show. I mean, he just like, what is he up to? 100, 105 home run or 105 RBI this year? Oh, yeah, it's absurd. He's going to have like, I, I don't even want to know what his final yeah. numbers OPS are. OPS over like. 1,000 right now. Um, hit two home runs in this game. I mean, the dude's just like on another freaking level. And I mean, unfortunately, I, how much longer we got to see this guy? <laughs> I mean, it's a, that's all. Don't look at that, Danny. It's just depressing. Well, Danny is depressing himself looking at how much longer Paul Goldschmidt will be doing his dance with the Cardinals. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we are going to talk about why the Cardinals are trying to put the Brewers into a body bag with the second part with uh, through the stretch of this season as the Cubs head up to Wrigley North for a short three-game series, normal three-game series with the Brew Crew. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, we are back. Fangraphs has the Cubs projected for 71 wins. That is down slightly from 72. We're on 69 win watch over here at Cup of Cubby Blue. So you know I'm going to have that update for you every every single show. But But more importantly, the Cubs opponents, the Milwaukee Brewers, are really fighting to stay in the playoff hunt. Danny, I'm looking at this graph over at Fangraphs where they do NL Central playoff odds. They do all of the division playoff odds, but I'm looking specifically at the NL Central one. If you go back to August 11th, the Cardinals had a 68.6% chance of making the playoffs. The Brewers had a 66.6% chance of making the playoffs. Since then, St. Louis's chance have gone up to 96.4, and Milwaukee's are down to 477 Big yikes for the Brew Crew. The Cubs can really make their season difficult by taking two of three or sweeping here. What is happening with the Brewers? Yeah, well, I mean, they they traded away. Hader had lost it, and he continues to lose it with the Padres. It, something's going on with him. And they traded closers. Didn't really work out. We just beat him two of three at Wrigley. Uh, they they played some they've had the Dodgers recently which doesn't help anybody when you have to play them and they won three of seven so they played them tough enough they shut them out the other night I mean you know they've got the starting pitching the bullpen is more of a question than it has been in years past they cannot hit left-handed pitching and we're throwing two lefties at them we got steel going and we got smiley going against them so my friend Eric, a, a degenerate gambler and a Brewers fan, says take the under if the Brewers are facing a lefty because it'll they'll be either they'll be scratching it out. But it's um yeah, I mean it's just and then now it feels like a team that is not even trying because they don't ha I mean, they don't have the guns to really get themselves through a playoff uh gauntlet in that tournament kind of format that we're doing now. Yeah. Um, they would have to get super hot at the end of the season and just pray and hope that they can sustain it. And honestly, I haven't seen the brewers on a streak like that all year. Um, and they really haven't looked like they have a streak like that in them recently. 
Yeah, and I mean, we play them tough just because we want to, and we're all our guys are playing to stay in the major leagues, so they're they're not messing around uh, up there. This this is the Cubs don't look demoralized. Like I've seen demoralized Cubs teams in my life, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, there's just you could you could just taste the sadness in the air. <laughs> but this is not that team. They're actually fun to watch, and they, we've got some exciting pieces for the future that I enjoy rooting for. And they feel that they, they players will tell you that. So they're out there trying to win for the team, um, and, and win for the fans and for themselves to stay here. And the Brewers just, you know, they put together more of a veteran kind of. They picked up McCutcheon. They, you know, Yelich has fallen off a complete cliff since his injuries and uh, since he stopped cheating. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just full of conspiracy theories up here today. You are. But, you are. You are raking in the conspiracy well, the stuff, theories. It's all the stuff we tell them from the bleachers, you see. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's poisoning my brain. But um, <laughs> the, you know, it's... It, the Brewers are falling They're, I mean, this McCutcheon didn't help them hitting left-handed pitching. I mean, they honestly, their, their OPS is like a hundred points lower facing lefties. Like they're some of their splits. I looked it up uh, last night. Like some of their splits are just terrible. They only have like one Hunter Renfro is their only player with an 800 OPS that uh, against, uh, against uh, left lefties. He's the only one. Everybody else, sixes, fives, few sevens. It is bad. And um, I don't know. If you can't if you can't do that, they have no business even being in the postseason tournament that they're throwing this year. And so, I mean, I don't see why the Cubs can't go in there and like honestly sweep this team. Yeah, I mean and, they, like, they put it put them in a body bag. <laughs> they do seem like they have a shot on paper. And as, as much as I would hate the Cubs to help the Cardinals out, I mean, you're absolutely right about the left-handed pitching thing here. These matchups, it looks like the Cubs will throw Justin Steele against Freddie Peralta for the series opener today. That's Friday. Then Drew Smiley versus Brandon Woodruff and uh, Adrian Sampson versus Eric Lauer. I mean, I, I don't hate these matchups for the Cubs at all. I think that Smiley and Steele have both been excellent for like over a month now. And, I think the Cubs could do some damage against Peralta and Woodruff. And I, I'm not scared of Eric Lauer. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs can do up at Wrigley North. Nothing like playing spoilers in beer town. Yeah. My, my prediction is that the lefties do well. And that Samson, I mean, Samson got pretty lit up against the Cardinals and maybe, maybe the Samson train has finally come into the station. If you know what I mean, <laughs> because we've been expecting it to mostly be like this and the regression to his just under five career ERA is happening. And, you know, it, he was sitting there in the mid threes for a while. Now he's above four. And you know what I've I noticed mean, about Adrian Samson and, and, and I don't even know how it would transfer to a bullpen role. Cause it doesn't seem particularly predictable, but he, he can give you like, long stretches of innings that are certainly serviceable, like three innings, four innings, 10 innings that are like one run, two run baseball. Um, but he has these innings that get kind of blown up, right? Like you had like that first inning against the Red Sox where he got kind of blown up. You have that um, fourth inning against the Cardinals where he got kind of blown up. And, and and so like, if you can, I honestly would love the Cubs to get one more starter like Alzali or Miley healthy and see what Samson did in that swing role that Keegan Thompson used to be in, in the pen, because I think that Samson could be really good in that like mid innings relief 
role, a guy that you just need to give you two or three innings uh, in the middle of a game when your starter, like, you know, held, held it, but like didn't quite have it together to go six or whatever. Uh, I, that's what the Cubs pen has been missing right now. They don't have a swing man at all. Yeah. It, like, yeah, it, you're right. Because they all ended up in the rotation. So, right. I, you know, so that's, I mean, that's what happened. I mean, people just got injured. Like you were, you were depending, which maybe shouldn't be depending on Miley. The Reds certainly were like, eh, I don't think so with this Miley guy. Like they saw something and then it happened. Like he was just kind of broken down. My friend, Billy DeVore, very funny comedian, big Reds fan does the new nasty boys podcast for the Reds. He was just kind of like, yeah, I think Miley's kind of done with his arm and, you know, maybe, I don't know that somebody can rehab him and, and, something out of the future of Miley, but he wasn't convinced and he's somebody had seen a lot of it. Um, yeah. And Smiley worked out, but he wasn't necessarily supposed gonna be in this rotation. Like we, we thought of him maybe as more of a long man at some point. Um, I don't think he was a lock by any means. Um, I mean, yeah. the nice thing, and I guess this is just kind of, uh, just the consequence of what happened injury wise, even Stroh went down and Hendricks, we're not going to see for the rest of the year because of that. It gave some of these young guys a chance to figure some stuff out and weren't on a short leash because we weren't competing. And so Justin Steele got to go out there with a lot, with no pressure on his back and had a rough couple of starts in the beginning of the season, but found a new speed, learned a few things. And now I feel like we can, think of him as maybe a lock for next year's rotation. So um, I am loving a lock in baseball, but I am loving the Justin Steele emergence so much. And I think I mentioned this on the last show, but I'm just going to mention it again because I, the, his attitude on the mound has sort of like grittiness and the way that he approaches trying to get out of innings when he has some jams and how he reacts when he gets out of them is very John Lester. Uh, and I know John Lester has had some conversations with Justin Steele about things like pitch makeup and how you get outs as a lefty and like stuff that you can do and whatnot. And I just, I would love nothing more than Justin Steele to become John Lester's protege and just become the Cubs John Lester going forward. He has kind of that attitude too. Like, I love it. Yeah. And Johnny Lester back at the friendly confines last week too. Um, I saw that and sitting in the seats that we sit in sometimes, Danny, like not sitting in like the bougie spots, like just sitting in those one hundreds, like hanging out in the high one hundreds with the fans, like, like he, like the, a man of the people, John Lester is nothing if not a man of the people. Yeah, no, he is. And I'm surprised he didn't end up out in the bleachers, although we must protect that man at all costs. Maybe, maybe some of those $10 Cubs U tickets that they're selling are, are are going to ruin some of like the the celeb bleacher sightings at this point like theo's not going to be going out there with a mustache anymore he's like well i don't know (laughs) might get uh might get uh in a cup snake fight but you know who's never going to try to sneak into the wrigley field bleachers is christian yelich but he is one of the brewers hot hitters this week so so let's do a rundown of where the brewers are at as as a reminder the hot hitters are it's about five-ish weeks of data i kind of try to look to see what's been going on and we look for wrc pluses over 110 which means you are at least 10 percent better than the league average hitter at driving in runs the brewers give you keston here at 193 hunter renfro at 149 rowdy Tellez at 136 colton wong at 119 and christian yelich at 113 uh you know this is god this feels so much easier than that cardinals team we just faced danny like I, like this feels downright doable <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the tough thing, and here comes another conspiracy, is that they cheat at Miller. So it's like, Excuse you know, they me, it turn is American the, Family Field now. 
Oh, yeah. They sell right. the naming rights, so they took away the best park name. You are the Brewers. You have Miller Park, and you're like, ah, no, we're going to sell that off to an insurance company or yeah. whatever the hell American family is. Well, Mortgage and, company? Uh, American something? I don't know. American family more. Uh, yeah. Not Miller Park, which is what your park should be named, Brewers. Get it together. Yeah, but apparently the insurance people got more money for them. One of these so, days, the Ricketts are going to sell naming rights to Wrigley Field. And it's going to be like, Wrigley Field brought to you by Nuveen. And I'm going to be real, uh, real unhappy. Yeah. Or it'll be like Wrigley Field at Nuveen Park or something like that. They'll keep it, but they won't keep it, you know. And nobody will call it that because good luck at Chicago because everybody still calls the Willis the Sears Tower and everybody calls and Sears is like a bankrupt company now. And then um, every and then everybody calls. Uh, nobody's ever going to call it uh, John Baptiste Dusal Lou Dusable Lakeshore Drive. You know, people yeah. Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, good luck with that, you know what I mean? Like we can't even do our own city. Like, you know, we even called it the Cell for a while. Like we were that kind of stuck, you know, cuz it's kind of a cool name for the White Sox, you know. But what I guaranteed rate like no, good it's, luck. It's, the the G spot, yeah. I mean the G rate, that's what I've been calling it. I should call so it Sox a, Park. I they should have named Look, they should have they should have either kept the name Comiskey or what they really should have done is named that park after Harold Washington. And when they didn't do that, they just lost, in my opinion, the ability to have a good name. So Sox Park is what I call it. Sox Park. And everybody knows what you mean. So it's fine. Sears Tower. Everybody knows what you mean. Willis Tower. You're like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. They named it something different. And then you got to go through this whole like mental gymnastics to get to the point you needed. And it's just not communicative. So the Cubs will counter with some hot hitters of their own. So let's take a look at who those guys are. Wilson Contreras, who has sat out the last couple of days, that ankle still giving him some troubles. Honestly, incredible what he's done on that bum ankle. Um, so I don't know what I don't know what to make of the fact that he's sit, getting some rust on it now. And then, but we'll see. There was a nice spread about how Wilson loves being a part of this team and would love to stay a part of it in the Athletic. God, get me get me a Wilson Contreras extension. Come on, Jed, get it done. Uh, Wilson well, Contreras is. Go ahead. One yeah. thing about Wilson, just just real quick. I mean, this is from the ankle sprain in the yeah the Field game. of Dreams game, yeah. And the one that he stayed in, and I was like, why did they leave him in? The one that he said like four or five homers oppo sense, yeah. Off of yeah, I get it, but like you know, maybe he's not out if you just rest it when it needs. I'm just saying. Now um, he's hurt, you know. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think he was probably hurt before. I just it's kind of weird that like he went from. Hurt, but playing to not, I don't know. Like, it's its at, weird. At, at this point <laughs> in the year, I think they're all a little hurt, <laughs> to be honest. That's true. Wilson Contreras leads the pack with a WRC plus of 135 in the last five weeks and change. The Franimal is next at 122. Jan Gomes is next at 117. It's interesting. He hasn't been playing much either. I've noticed they've been uh, playing PJ Higgins in that spot instead of Wilson Contreras. I almost wonder if something's going on with Jan, Jan Gomes as well. Ian Happ is at 117. And Nick Madrigal. Welcome to the Cubs hot hitter list, Nick Madrigal. I got to say, if th this is what the Cubs thought they were getting from Nick Madrigal, what we've seen the last few weeks, a lot of slap singles, a lot of contact, a lot of being on base. I I I'm here for it. If that's the Nick Madrigal that the Cubs really have and that's what he can do when he's healthy, let's see more of it. Yeah, well, I think we're going to. Either him or McKinstry, like it's kind of – they're trying just out for the both. position. They just shouldn't put both of them in at the same time because it's it – McKinstry and Madrigal in the same lineup is is a lot of ouch. Well, and they're both, I mean, supposedly poor man Nico Horners. So I'm kind of like, well, now you got one Nico Horner and two like 
you know, weak Nico Horners and like, what am I, you know, this team needs left-handed pop. Now, Fran Mill gives you a little bit more right-handed pop, but they need to sign a huge, big lefty bat somehow, some way in the offseason, because otherwise we're going to have the similar stupid splits on the other side of the coin from the Brewers. Yeah, did you see that Nico Horner is going to get a bobblehead? So the Cubs did this thing, which was like where they like saved the last two bobbleheads and didn't announce them until just recently. Because, Frank, I mean, let's be real clear. The reason they did that is because they didn't know what was going to happen at the trade deadline and who was going to be here. And maybe somebody would emerge that they could give a bobblehead to. And anyway, so they finally revealed the last two bobbleheads. And it looks like September 10th is going to be Nico Horner bobblehead day and September 17th is going to be Marcus Stroman bobblehead day. I'm not going to lie. Those are both two bobbleheads that I, that I am interested in. I'm going to see what I can do to get to these baseball games. But um, Nico's been great, man. The emergence of Nico Horner this year has been one of my favorite baseball stories. Yeah. And and it's nice because he's got a full season on the field. He, I think he had a little bit of a thing, an injury at one point this year, but for the most part, he's been out there, which is not how it's been. And he came up too early because of other people's injuries. So it, it's been a weird journey for Nico. And this year, I feel like he arrived and hopefully he can build on his success for the year. Finish strong. So it gives him some confidence going into the next year. And yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, if if we can now, if he can add a little bit of, of a, of a uh, more of a doubles stroke, I don't know. I want a little bit more power out of Nico Horner. I feel like he can do it. Um, I, yeah. I would like, well, how many, how many home runs is he sitting on right now? He's sitting on seven and Fangross projects yeah. him for two more. He could, he could theoretically get to 10. Um, his slash line though is 291, 340, 407. And I really want to focus on those first two numbers for a second. Cause I agree with you. Like some more doubles pop from Nico would be great. Some more homers would be great, but it is so hard to have a guy who hits 300 ish in your lineup right now. Nico hitting 291 and getting on base at a 340 clip is, in my opinion, I mean, that is just, that is excellent. That is, the Cubs needed that guy for so many years. That is exactly oh yeah. who the Cubs needed in their lineup. And Nico has just like slid into that role. He's been outstanding. Uh, his WRC plus last year over 170 plate appearances was 106. This year at 418 plate appearances, his WRC plus for the season is at 109, which is incredible. And he's sitting on 3.6 fan graphs war right now. He might have like a 4.55 war season out of this. I am the Cubs have been very, very fortunate with Nico Horner, and it looks totally sustainable. Uh, I'm here for it. And 14 stolen bases on top of it only been caught once. Let me, let me just say that that's part of his game too. You're going to take that every step because then you're turning your single into a double sometimes. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's a, that's a, it's a thing of beauty. What can I say? Like I'm here for the, the Nico establishment of things and um, hopefully he can build on it. I am too. If Nico keeps building on the establishment of all things Nico this season in Milwaukee, Danny and I will be chatting about it on the social medias. Danny, where can people find you and your Nico takes this weekend? Well, you take Ron Santo's name and you take the R and the S and you switch them and then you put Sun Ranto and there I am. Sun Ranto on Twitter. Uh, Sun Ranto on all the things, really. Danny does a great job. Lots of pre and post game content, lots of Twitter content. Uh, check out that. You can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find all of the content from this podcast, including stuff we reference in the episodes, at the podcast account at Cup of Cubby Blue. 
And we will be back after the weekend to tell you what happened with the Cubs up at Wrigley North. Hopefully, we're telling you about the start of a new series win streak. Uh, Until next time. Bye.